so ready for I'm so ready so ready for I'm so ready so ready for us hope you're doing fine today is the last day of my detox I can't appreciate you enough. Uh, the first couple of days were tough, but it became more tolerable. I wanted to say that on day four and fifth, I, uh, I started to see mucoid plaque. I searched a little bit about it, I read um, different articles, and I understand uh, there's a disagreement between Western and Eastern uh, you know, practice. Uh, of course, I am uh, believe in natural, um, you know, practice, um, even though I'm a nurse, but um, so now um, my question, uh, and I'm sure it was a plaque because I compared it with other Google images people posted. It was the same, about more than 15 centimeters long, and at least I've seen it three, four of them. So my question is that, um, why do you think it was not discovered during colonoscopy? And I mean, I'm just wondering. Um, my last question is, um, what should I do next? Like tomorrow I'm going to start uh, eating uh, solid food. Uh, I understand that, you know, I should start slowly. If you have any, I don't know, nutrition program or anything that helps me, I would really appreciate that. Um, also, um, I still see long strains, uh, I mean, even this morning, uh, which is the last day. So does it mean that uh, my gut hasn't been completely clean? And then uh, other things that I lost nine pounds. Uh, well, thank you for everything. You mentioned that at the last day you were still seeing parasites and mucoid plaque and different things coming out. If this is the case, then this is definitely a sign that you need to continue because very likely you haven't eliminated everything. There's a, a very high likelihood that there's still more there that needs to come out. So my recommendation to you is if you can handle it, uh, you don't want to overwhelm yourself. You want to put, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, especially if You've been doing the detox for 10 days, maybe even two weeks. If you're doing the, uh, what's it called, the modified version, which I think you are, then that's fine. I think you can handle it for maybe another five days, for example. You, you want to basically keep doing it until for one, two, maximum three days, you just, you don't see anything else come out. So that's a good sign that you can stop. But I'll tell you one thing, many patients they start seeing mucoid plaque come out like on the second day, third day, and then they don't see anything come out anymore by the fifth, sixth day. And then they see mucoid plaque coming out again on the eighth day, ninth day, tenth day. So sometimes some of the mucoid plaque is just harder to release, essentially. And so don't be fooled. Uh, sometimes you won't see mucoid plaque come out for one or two days, and it's just still there. So you can continue if you feel comfortable to do so. If not, then what I recommend is just pause for a bit, pause for a bit, for a few days, and then regain your energies and your motivation, and then head back into it for another seven days, 10 days. Basically, just keep detoxing as you go and assess yourself. Keep observing, see what's coming up.
and you will be able to tell roughly when you can stop. And when it comes to the food, the type of food that you eat when you're done the detox, it's not as dangerous. It's not dangerous to eat solid foods after this detox. I think especially because you you were still eating food during the detox. You were doing a half-day detox. So that's completely fine for you. But a lot of people, um, they think it's dangerous to go back to a solid food diet because there is a danger um, with another detox that's called the master cleanser. With that, there is a danger. With that, it's only liquids. There's no fiber whatsoever. And so once you go back to solid foods, it can really injure the gut because the gut has been basically motionless for two weeks, essentially. But this detox, because there's a lot of peristalsis, there's a lot of fiber, there's no danger in re-consuming solid foods. But of course, it's always safest to ease into solid foods by consuming foods that are easier to digest. What are those? Fruits, cooked vegetables, soups, shakes, maybe some homemade yogurt. So these are all good ideas. The biggest uh, concern is once the mucoid plaque is removed, your gut's sensitivity to the foods, the packaged foods and processed foods you used to eat, let's say cookies, pizza, cheese, chips, and, and ice cream and all that kind of stuff, now your sensitivity will be heightened because this mucoid plaque is really a defense. You know, it's hardened. Sure, it, you don't, you're not able to absorb your foods anymore, but it does protect your gut from these chemicals and glyphosate, etc. So now you may notice an increased sensitivity to these uh, toxic foods that you would enjoy. So keep that in mind. You should make an effort to eat as pure as possible now. The plus side is that you will now better be able to absorb the nutrients from your personalized nutrition therapy program. I can't remember if you did the hair analysis, if you're going to start your nutrition therapy program, but if you are, then that's the plus side is you'll be better able to absorb your, your nutrition essentially, not only from your supplements, but also from your meals. You had a question, you said, why didn't mucoid plaque show up in the colonoscopy? This is a very good question. So I'll tell you, short answer is the same way that when you go to the modern day medical uh, establishment hospitals, you test for parasites the same way that they test negative. Always comes back negative. I've, run, I've done this test myself. My patients, when they do my gut detox and they pull out buckets of parasites, I'm exaggerating, maybe you know one third of a bucket or one fourth or half a bucket sometimes, they will tell me, but Nabil, I did the parasite test, you know, at the hospital, at the, uh, they have a, typically they have a clinic that tests for parasites. I put my stool sample in three, four different bottles, sent it in, and it came back negative, 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 negative. And I had the same experience as well. When I did my first gut detox, I pulled out these parasites and worms, and I put them, I went there because I wanted to identify them. I didn't know what they were. So I went to the hospital here, and there was a clinic that tests for parasites. I put them in the bottle. I put the whole parasites, or whole worms and parasites, to make it easier for them, make their job easy. 
put it in the bottles I gave it to them, guess what? Went back for the test results, negative, 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 negative. I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe my eyes. How is it that I put full parasites, whole parasites in these bottles and they're telling me it's negative? And I talked with the lady, I said, how is this possible? And then she said, oh, we, uh, we don't know, we didn't see anything, we didn't see anything. Uh, please go and resubmit it. You know what I'm saying? So my question is, you tell me. I mean, you're a nurse. Are they not taught, you know, to see? Are they, in a way, indoctrinated and trained in a way to not see what is important? You know, I had a patient who uh, told me the same thing. They went in for the doctor. They had chronic laryngitis. They went into the doctor and the doctor did an endoscopy through the nose and it showed that they had white stuff. You know, white stuff on their vocal cords, white stuff in the back of the throat and the tongue. And they asked the doctor, they said, is this normal to, to be, for everything to be white? And the doctor said, yes. You know what I'm saying? The doctor said yes. So my guess is that they're not trained. You know, they actually think it's normal. But when they told when they told me, I said, no, it's not normal. This is probably a fungal infection, probably candida, probably aspergillus. So I don't know. Either they're lying, either they're not trained to pick up, or they're told that it's not a concern. It's only a concern if you if you notice a bump or a polyp, for example. If you notice any, anything else, it's normal and natural. So you tell me. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the full, <laughs> the full answer, but I can just share with you what I've experienced is that a lot of the tests are flawed. A lot of the tests have been designed to not get at the root of you know, illness, but just to justify, to justify a procedure, to justify a drug, to justify surgery, chemotherapy, etc. And in many cases, the tests themselves cause disease. This is fascinating, especially when we're talking about uh, cancer tests. The breast cancer screening. Every woman should take cancer mammography every year. But guess what? Once you do it every year, by the 10th year, you're guaranteed to have breast cancer. You know what I'm saying? It's unreal because of the x-ray radiation. Same with biopsies. Most biopsies cause metastasis, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, and we have natural, simple, inexpensive ways of testing for cancer, which the industry is suppressing big time. And that just really makes you wonder. So when you look at, when you look at everything, when you've been in this business for long enough, you've worked with people, you see things with your own eyes, you see people recovering from so-called incurable diseases. You hear all these stories. You see things. It just becomes... You go nuts. You lose your mind, essentially. The injustice and the corruption. We're talking about lives. You know, any other business, you know, the guy's lying to you and fixing your computer and telling you it's, it's going to cost you $1,000 when it's $10. That's not an issue. It's not a big deal. The mechanic who tells you you need a new part when you don't and charges you 500 bucks when he could have charged you 50 bucks. That's not a big deal. But when it comes to health, when you see these injustices, when you see the system itself has been designed to, the system itself is the number one 
killer and producer of disease. I mean, the industry itself, the CDC or the AMA, admits that they are the third leading cause of death through iatrogenic deaths, properly prescribed pharmaceutical drugs. I argue that they are the first cause of death. If you watch my video about sepsis, how they could be curing sepsis, the leading cause of death in hospitals, just with high dose of vitamin C, how they could be curing every single case of cancer, but the Cancer Association has killed all the doctors who have cured cancer, who have found cures for cancer. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that's showing that the system has been hijacked by corrupt individuals and they are intentionally suppressing the immune system of people. This has been shown on TED Talks. You know, it's popping up other places in the world. In North America, the modern day medical establishment is very Gestapo-like. So any doctor, any scientist who blows the whistle, they end up dead. We saw this with the CDC whistleblower, uh, Timothy. He ended up dead. Dr. Bradstreet started curing autism and stage four pancreatic cancer 2015 ended up dead. Uh, was it 30 plus doctors in North America between 2015 and 2017 ended up dead? Um, but you see these studies and, and uh, investigations occurring around the world and they can't stop those. And those emerge. You know, we had a TED talk recently of a nurse, of a Western trained nurse go to Africa and compare two populations one vaccinated, one not, the vaccinated had, what was it, like a hundred times more chronic disease than the unvaccinated population. It's difficult, of course it's difficult to, to uh, become awakened to the, to the corruption because it's very uh, depressing, you can feel hopeless and whatnot, but, you know, the more people wake up faster, the more we can change the world for a better place. Um, just wanted to uh, to share this with you, maybe because you have a you know more audience, and uh, if you include this uh, in your talk, maybe you know, as you said, somebody wake up, and because when I had um, all these nausea and GI symptoms, when I shared it with a specialist, um. She wanted to add a prescription for anti-nausea medication. And then I ended up arguing with the doctor and leaving the, her office because I said, I don't want it. I don't want to, um, you know, um, silent my body. This is the sign. My body is talking to me. I'm nauseous. I cannot eat more than one meal per day. That was six, six months at least. I was suffering of nausea. And then I don't want medication. I want to know why. And she had no answer for me. She had the, the things that she done, um, CT scan, uh, MRI is going um, probably in two, two months. And then after that, she's planning to have biopsy. So I totally, totally agree with whatever you said. And because it's, it's really, really happened to me like recently, that's how I decided to just talk to the nutritionist. I'm so ready, so ready for, I'm so ready. So ready for, I'm so ready. So ready for, I'm so ready.